1986, Fox Television launched the first new nationwide broadcast network in the United States. While others had tried to compete with ABC, NBC, and CBS, Fox was the first network to find success in over 50 years. But for the first four years, the new network was trounced by the competition, finding only pockets of success with shows like Married with Children, The Tracy Ullman Show, and The Simpsons. But on October 4th, 1990, a drama premiered that paved the way for a new era of teen-focused programming that ruled the airwaves for nearly a decade. Originally written as a simple fish-out-of-water story about a family who moved from frigid Minnesota to sunny California, Beverly Hills 90210 found a different path and became the prototype for a soap opera-style teen drama. The stars of the show found themselves plastered onto posters in every teenager's bedroom. But before they ruled the cover of Tiger Beat, they were completely unknown hopefuls, cast in a story about two kids attending a strange new school in a strange new city. Welcome to Who's Piloting This Podcast, where we discuss the premier episodes of television history. This is typically the part where you say hi. Oh, hi. Hi. What's up, assholes? Yeah. <laughs> I guess... All I guess, four of you. I guess we're going there, right? No. We love you, assholes. I'm James. And you know who I am. I'm Bill Rothwell. <laughs> Nobody likes <laughs> say that. I'm related to him, kind of, but I'm not really. <laughs> okay. Well, he's a real person. Let's edit that. We shouldn't bring him into this. He did, did not Please consent. Please take that out. I'm Gretchen. I hate saying my own name, which and is why I'm I never James. say it. I make up a fake name. So tonight we're talking about the Walsh family um, moving to Beverly Hills and how uh-huh, Brenda uh-huh, and uh-huh, Brandon uh-huh. have to start a new year at West Beverly High. But first, I guess we should get into the beer since you've already opened it. Gretchen, what you drinking? We are drinking a three-notched. It's an old school. It's an oldie but a goodie, a Minuteman. Minute Pretty Man, good. New England style IPA. Uh, they're out of uh, what, Charlottesville. Yeah, I think so. And it's a 7%. And yeah, I mean, to call it a New England, I don't know. I mean, I feel like they were like one of the first ones to broach that beer subject, but it doesn't feel so New Englandy to me. It's good. It's a solid beer. It's a it's an old standby. I do feel like when we first got a couple of kegs of this, like when it first came out, it was it was very juicy. It was very hazy. Mm-hmm. It had because uh, it was like the new yeah kid on the block. But I think they changed the recipe. But it's still a good beer. Yeah, it's still good. It's still tasty. Good. So we've got a couple of sixteen bangers here. Bangers. That'll be ounce uh, tall boys. In the common vernacular. So, um, podcast business, we don't have a lot to discuss. Um, there's, uh, Simcoe just hit that button. So, in, in the world of podcast business, um, I quickly threw together a new uh, graphic logo and put that out there. Nobody cares, but... Hey, we got like two likes, I think. So, there you go. So there we go. There we go. <laughs> Um, we met our number one fan, uh, virtually via zoom call. Yes, we did. We met Bert on Friday. He's our number one fan. And, um, what else? Um, our dog who is now the last one standing. Hey. 
Simcoe. Um, she's yeah. We went from three to two to one. She had nine teeth removed two days ago, so she's struggling. But she's sitting on Gretchen's lap right now, loving life. She's, she's podcasting with us. Yeah, she's got a good spirit. She's <clears throat> she's a sweet girl. She's doing it right. She's our sweet girl. Oops, okay. excuse me. That was me picking up my phone because I was going to take a picture. Um, so Gretchen. Show tonight. You picked it. <sighs> yes. This was my pick, and it'll probably decrease our ratings by, I don't know, two of our four listeners. But, um, yeah, so I picked 90210 because this show, <sighs> I don't even know where to start. This show kind of, uh, ooh, I look fat in that picture. Please retake it. This show kind of defined my childhood, which... Is saying a lot, but um, had a lot to do with. Uh, yeah, I have a lot of memories about it. So I definitely did not watch it. Well, so every and, and that's, that's not that's fair. like more me being a contrarian because I think everyone I knew watched it except for me. <laughs> and, and I don't me. I don't mean that like flippantly. I think everyone I knew watched this show. Boys and girls. Yeah, I think so. Legitimately. I only knew girls, but also I didn't talk to a lot of boys then, so maybe they were watching it and I didn't know. But the pilot aired, as you mentioned, I think in the intro, October 4th, 1990. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and play, the, uh, play this theme music while you talk. Because this is the, the, the pilot version of the theme song. Still the same, just a little toned down. It's toned down. A little toned down. So this was before they kind of put this, the intro on steroids. Because if you guys kept watching the show, you know that it gets a little off the rails. It's like the boom, boom, boom. Like it gets real, real deep. Um, anyway, they didn't know if it was going to get picked up. So they were, you know, kind of easing their way in. But the opening scene, um, there's all these facts that I have that are nerd facts. The opening scene is a house that's not their house. It doesn't end up being their house. So I did look this up, and you were right about that. The I know, I know you're, I know you know you're right. But um, I did find that there were noted changes after the pilot. The house was changed. Mm-hmm. Well, there's another big change, um, and this isn't it. Brandon's car um, in the pilot. Oh yeah, they didn't keep that car. It's a Chevette when he's driving around, and they change it to a Mercury Cougar named Mondale, after Walter Mondale. That's an odd choice. Um, Luke Perry is not in the in pilot. The pilot. Yeah. yeah. And the, apparently they also changed the building for the Peach Pit, mm-hmm. which I don't remember the Peach Pit being in the pilot. It wasn't in the, was it? I don't know. Because Brandon didn't get that job until like... I've literally seen two episodes of the show now. Okay. <clears throat> well, Brandon and Brenda end up working there, but... Right. Also, I think actually it's just Brandon. She maybe, I don't know, maybe she worked there for a little bit. But he worked there for like many, many seasons. They completely and recast the dad. No. It was yes, they actually James shot, Eckhart in the They whole, actually shot all the scenes with a different actor. Oh, but not in the pilot. And reshot them in the pilot. Okay. That's yeah, why the background. Throughout the whole- so every shot, apparently, every shot with the current, well, current, the guy who plays Jim Walsh, who is the dad. Um, his name is James, James Eckhouse. 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 The original actor was Lehman Ward. Yeah, nobody and knows. He was that. replaced. Replaced. 
replaced? Um, so, yes. We, I don't know. Let's see. Oh, so the opening scene, uh, Brandon's 40. His alarm clock goes off and um, him and Brenda, who are... Twins. Fraternal twins. Fraternal, is that the correct? Right. Yeah. yeah. She, he's, what, 30 minutes older, according to the story? I think, no, babe, I think it was three. Minutes? <laughs> yeah. Whatever. There's a three. Um, but anyway, so they're getting ready for their first day at West Beverly High, and they're coming from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and... Um, okay, this Gret- is this is when Gretchen wants me to play a clip. Well, this is why I fucking... Oh, my God. Well, you want me to play this one? Bear. Mom, let's go shopping today and I'll go to school tomorrow. First impressions are incredibly important. Honey, you can make a wonderful first impression. Everybody here looks like they just stepped out of a music video. I don't even have the right hair. Yeah. 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 yeah she's kind of a disaster. Um, so we, this is where we first get a glimpse of Brenda's, also her facial expressions, which are very <laughs> intense. How about that? She's so... Oh, well, I guess, okay. Let's just reset. Here we're, here, this is the part of the show when we never really know how to fall into this, but we're, we're transitioning into how we're going to describe the episode for you. Um, I also have notes, and one of my notes was the first one was Brandon, sweet mullet. Yes. He has sweet mullet. Very sweet mullet. Mullet, I mean. And then Shannon D. Um, cause I can't spell Doherty, Doherty because that's hard. And also she spells her name wrong because she spells it E N Shannon, Shannon. Um, her face is like a Picasso painting, which is very mean. It is mean. And but you shouldn't she, say that. She's got one eye that's like an inch and a half okay. higher right. than the other eye. You're getting mean. So every shot of her, she's like tilted or always shot from one angle. She's weird looking. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> Mean. Um, everything's in boxes. The family's obviously not adjusting well. I don't know what the job is that he's moved from Minneapolis to Beverly Hills. Um, but the, the I think he was like an accountant or something. Which who the who fuck does moves? that? I know. But he's listening to the radio <laughs> and he, and it's like, oh, everything's jammed up on the four hundred five. And he's like, Cindy, we gotta go. And then Cin- so Cindy is the mom. I feel like I'm yelling. Um, and Brandon comes downstairs and he's like, mom, where's the toaster? And Cindy's super angry and she dumps a box onto the kitchen floor. And then he's like, well, I guess I will skip breakfast. Um, we should have added that clip, but we didn't. Well, I think it's just a bunch of noises of something dumping onto a floor. So far, this episode is awful, by the way. But that's what um, we say every episode. So he, they get into their beater car and they drive to school. They're really accepting at this point of the fact that they've moved across the country roughly. I mean... I guess it's like middle of the country to the well, coast. I mean, sorry, but you're moving from Minneapolis to L.A. I would be pretty accepting. It's not like you're moving from L.A. to Minneapolis. Yeah, but you're also an adult. You didn't leave all your friends behind in your school. Although that friends. doesn't seem like be any point of the episode whatsoever. They're not like, man, I'm really going to miss Steve. They don't seem to give a shit. No, they're, well, they're not getting into that yet. I think later on they get into friends that they had from back home, but they didn't know if the show was going to last, so... Anyway, the intro is cheddar cheese balls, and uh, there's literally valets coming up to get the kids coming 
in with their cars. So here's school. what I would suggest. Was that a thing? Was it a thing? No. And and so here's what I would suggest. The opening sequence, if you have no interest in this show whatsoever. Just watch that. I don't care. Go into Hulu because um, it's on Hulu. Watch the first episode. Watch the opening sequence and then forget it from the rest of your life because the opening sequence is worth watching. Enormous cell phones. Oh, we're going to go point by point. Okay. Japanese people taking pictures. Blazers. Lady in nylons and a power dress carrying a surfboard. Mercedes. High school has valet parking. Cars, cars, cars. There's two black people and they hang out with briefcases. I didn't even drive until I was 19, so this is all lost on me. Giant cell phones. Steve Sanders pulls up, and this was before he got his so cool license plate. If you guys kept watching the show, he had a red Corvette, and the license plate said, so cool. But they didn't have that budget, I guess, at this point. So his plate was just a normal plate. So I'm going to run through about five bullets here, and then we're going to play a clip, because I think you're out of your bullets here. But um, everything is teal and purple. Well, that's 1990. Um, None of the kids tip the valets. Mm, so they're okay. just straight up dicks. By the way, these are school valets. And I mean that they're pulling up in front of a school and a guy's running over with a tag and then parking their car for them. Um, there's a portable Apple computer that's the size of a briefcase. Um, the Asians all hang out together because I guess that's actually kind of realistic. I don't know. They have a school DJ and a radio station that you can hear throughout the city. Um, also my last point here, and then we'll get to the, the clip that I was going to run is that teachers are apparently poor based on their cars. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's accurate. Teachers are poor. So all of the kids are pulling into like per, uh, Ferraris and po- I don't there probably wasn't a Ferrari. BMWs, Mercedes. I don't know. I don't care about And cars, all of the teachers are like pulling in gremlins and, and beaters. So Ian Ziering, um, he, Whose character's name is... Steve Sanders. Steve Sanders. Uh, He meets up with Kelly Taylor right at the beginning of the episode. Uh, I wrote this note about her nose job. And he says... You got a nose job. Yeah, I did. It looks looks good. Big improvement, huh? Well, yeah. They took about a foot off. A foot. Honker! Now I know why I broke up with you. Oh, hey, get off it, hey. Oh my God, I taught you how to work that clutch. I drive an automatic, thank you very much. Figures. So Ian Ziering's like 43 years old. They all are. Um, he, he's noticeably older than the rest of the cast. Uh, I'm sorry, but Andrea, she's a thousand. No, she's also notably older than the rest I of the cast. I think she's 65 now. Also, the only other black person that I noticed in the opening credits is teaching white people how to dance. Mm. which just is par for the course. Brian Austin Green, he makes an appearance. He's apparently a freshman. He looks like he's four years old compared to everybody else. But that's realistic because based on their actual ages, he was nine years younger than Ian Ziering. So some notes I have. God, this show is low budget. (laughs) Correct. Actually, Um, you know, was it though? I mean, it had a lot of extras. It probably did. It just looks cheap now. I bet at the time... I don't know. I think at the time you probably were like, wow, well, you weren't, but I was. Um, I also had a note here, and this didn't come in until later because this probably would have been like 92, 93, but I remember 
I distinctly remember me and my friend Kieran at the time would watch this show and we would call each other on the commercials. And we would be like, oh my God, did you see what Kelly was wearing? Or did you see what Donna was wearing? And we'd be like, Doc Martens, what are those? Baby doll dresses? Like 14 brooches? Well, yeah. But we there would were like. so many brooches. We would run. So, what did I say here? God, this is awful. Anyway, we would just run to the phone, call each other, talk about the show. We'd have like two minutes, then we'd run back. And, you know, I think kids nowadays will never understand that. You had like a two or three minute window. You didn't have DVRs. You didn't have, it was like, if you missed it, you fucking missed it. Well, there was some, and, somebody posted something online recently and it was very, it, you know, you you could, you could spot the millenn- not the non-millennials based on the people that identified with the fact that there used to be a time when you would run to the bathroom and then somebody in the family or your friend would be like, it's back on! Yeah. And then you would have to haul ass yeah. back and jump over the couch to see yeah, the rest of the Yeah, it was the whole thing. And yeah, I feel like, uh, anyway. So I remember that very vividly. Like Kieran and I would call each other on the breaks and it was like a big part of my like early, like teen years. So I feel like the show story-wise had had no idea where it was going because, you know, I feel like they set it up as like this fish out of water thing where these two ostensibly attractive uh, twins are going to a new school. Obviously, it's full of people that have plastic surgery and shit like that. Um, but Shannon Doherty falls in immediately with the cool crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon, like somewhere in this first episode is walking around for a place to eat lunch and no one wants to sit with him. Yeah. Like he will sit down at a table and they'll get up and walk away. Yeah. Which I mean, again, I don't know anything about real high school, so I don't know if that's accurate, but, but but within like five minutes, he's a cool kid. Well, I think, I don't know. He, one of the things that he decides he's going to go up for the paper. So he goes and he meets with nerd, Andrea Zuckerman, and she gives him, like, the third degree. Oh, it's kind of like this. So, I want to write for the paper. Can you write? Well, I was the sports editor at my old school in Minneapolis. Great. Uh, Which story would you like to cover? The toxic waste disposal in our chemistry classes or the girls' water polo match against Beverly High? Well, we didn't have a girls' water polo team back home, so uh, I'll take the new experience. What time's the game start? You definitely failed my test. Wait, you didn't do that whole clip. Because what she says is she's like, for years I've been asking every guy who comes in here if they'd rather do the toxic waste story or the water polo. And it's like, uh, you're 16. How long have you been fucking doing this? Well, I mean, she's Andrea. She's like 47 years old. She is like 47. She's probably been at that paper for 15 years. Also, she knows this part. No offense. This is the top-ranked high school paper in the country, and I intend to keep it that way, so I suggest you put aside your dreams of editing the swimsuit issue of Sports Illustrated. We are talking long hours, major deadlines, and total commitment. Total. Total commitment. Also, this is the top-ranked high school newspaper. Yeah. Yes. By U.S. News uh, and World Report. Very, yeah. Big-time stuff. Um, So Andrea sucks. She also has a Mac... A Mac Plus. It's like one of those original Mac Pluses. Um, so Brenda meets Kelly, who is, becomes one of the major characters. They meet in chemistry, and they're now lab partners. And then she says, Look, I think that you have me confused with somebody else. That's okay. I'm being friendly. 
Thanks. My name is Brenda. I'm Kelly. Hi. Are you smart? Hi. Sort of. Great. This class is a real bitch. I need all the help I can get. This class is a real bitch. This class is a real bitch. So it's the first day of school. Everybody's picking their lab partners. They're figuring out where their lockers are. Brian, There's so many bike shorts under jean shorts. Shorts on shorts. Hmm. And it's actually a good look. I'm not going to lie. The 90s are back. If you guys are in with fashion like I am, you know this very much. Baby doll dresses, bike shorts. It's all back. Anyway. It's all back, apparently. Um, the um, It's the first day of school, and... Somebody pays for a biplane to fly by the school yes. and uh, carry a message. It's dragging like like you're if one were at if the you're beach. If you're at the beach, and it says and it's advertising Eat the crabs uh, at Rays, except it says sweet ass party, and then it has at a Marianne's an house, yeah. or it doesn't say her name, but, but yeah, we find it's her address. And it says, oh, there's a follow-on plane that says no freshman. Yeah, so. Brenda's outfit for the party is what I would have worn literally then and now. Baby doll dress over lace bike shorts. Fashion has come full circle, and I'm old. I had some problems with this. Um, there was a band. The band, of course, is playing. So they pull up to this house. There's, like, spotlights. There's also valet parking. There's strobe, yeah. Because there's always valet parking. There's a band playing, and it's one of these generic 90s shitty hair, bands. Shitty like, hair band. The guy that's singing has his hat turned sideways, and he's he's playing a headless bass, which I don't want to get too far into into the weeds. But they're they're just playing generic, crappy, uh, like kind of heavy metal ish music, and I'm like, eh, I don't know, that's not really what people would have been doing. But also, um, there's past order of past order wedding or a high school party. Yeah, there's a guy running around with um, like a Bolex camera who's filming, literally filming, sixteen millimeter film, uh, the party. Um, What's her name? Kelly? Yeah. Kelly, for some reason, has a pamphlet for rhinoplasty. For her nose job that she got. Yeah, she's carrying it around and showing it to people, which is super normal. Um, also, David Silver, who was the freshman dude, uh, his, him and his friend Scott show up, even though they weren't invited because the airplane invite specifically said no freshman. Yeah. Um, David I- has a major crush on Kelly, who it's weird because later on in the series, he becomes her s- stepsister. Because their parents get married, it's kind of um, uh, incestuous. Anyway, Scott, nerd Scott, gets tossed in the pool. Uh, Brandon meets Marianne, who he finds out is actually the host of this party, but she's poor little rich girl, and she doesn't want to talk to anybody, and she's hiding in the corner like a fucking asshole. Also, when when they're meeting in the gazebo or whatever it is, there are people behind them playing tennis in the dark. Yeah, which is also completely normal. In the yeah. dark, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, um her lipstick I, is great, though. It's a lipstick I would totally wear. Um, but Steve Sanders, the, the Ian, Ian Zeering character, he dresses like a weird, shitty, mid-grade investment banker. Yes. Polos, pleated shorts, the whole nine. And, and like socks. a double-breasted Navy sports coat. So um, he's drunk, and he asks Kelly to dance. Uh, Dave, because, well, this is the part that we're glossing over. They, they were dating and then broke yeah, up they over were the dating. summer. Um, and so this is like how the show starts as he gets trashed when he doesn't get her uh, favor at the party. Steve gets super drunk at the party and he's like, oh, I can't drive home. Well, this actually and- happens here. Hey, let's not get crazy, all right? Woo! Got him. Dude, you're not driving. You're trashed. 
Somebody take him home. So Steve Sanders meets Brian Austin Green at the party. Same Steve at Silver. Whatever. Um, so so basically, cool cool dude meets freshman, and he's so trash. They talk and like you can drive me home. And David Silver's like, I don't even have my license. And anyway, so, he drives him home in his stick shift, which he. But it's not a stick so, shift. It's an automatic. That's what's so annoying about it. I thought it was a stick. When they do a shot of him putting the. Well, they're pretending it's a stick. Okay, fine. But maybe they didn't have stick budget. But it, they were pretending it was. But anyway, I'm sorry. If you don't even know how to fucking drive, you definitely know how to drive a fucking stick. So it was really unbelievable. Anyway, so he drives him home, and he leaves the car in um, neutral, and the car starts rolling down the road, and it the back gets smashed. Um, so then it becomes a whole storyline that, like, Steve is trying to find this person because he doesn't remember because he blacked out, I guess. Who drove him home? Uh, who wrecked his car? And Somewhere around now is when we figured out that this was actually, they had split this two-part, this, this, I think it was originally probably a two-hour premiere, and they split it into two episodes, so we, at this point, had to watch Yeah, two we didn't realize episodes. that, and we were like, oh, shit, we're in for this, okay. So we started watching episode two of the pilot. Back to school on Monday, the valet comes to take Steve's car. Oh, wait, that... Bike shorts over leggings over slouch socks. That happens. It's a lot of layers. Um, They never even introduce Donna, who's a major character. She just sort of sidles in and then she's there. Oh, wait. So is this Tori Spelling? Yeah. The reason why she was not supposed to be a major character. So the, like I was, you know, trying to do my crappy research. And so, you know, Tori Spelling, the daughter of the Mm -hmm. producer of the show, Aaron Spelling. So the story that has become probably apocryphal is that she auditioned for the show with nobody knowing who she was BS. That is a hundred percent a lie. I think what the actual truth was is that she she, wore like a Groucho Marx costume. Yeah. (laughs) She did audition for the show. Everybody knew who she was, but it was supposed to be just a bit part on the first episode. And then who knows who, I don't know who had influence over the show who could have made this decision, but she became a, a series regular. So so she's not credited as a normal cast member in the first episode. Yeah, well, they don't, yeah, they don't even introduce her, so that makes sense. Um, I have here in all caps, these are my shitty notes. Brandon, we need the article on toxic waste. Oh, I guess, anyway, never mind, ignore that. Um, <laughs> Wait, why are we ignoring that? I guess Andrea was yelling at him to get that article right. Well, he didn't do the article. Oh, then I mean, my you, notes are terrible. Brenda's getting ready for a night out in a sequin mini and clip-on earrings. Kelly made her a fake ID. Oh, they with, go to this pencil. club. Pencil. With pencil. Yeah, she's fucking making a fake ID and she's using pencil to change the date on her name. Yeah, that's real believable. Um, ya, what is his name? Jamon Hansu? Yeah, so I don't know how this to say is the first name. guy that popped up in the episode where we were like, wait, is that a... He's from somewhere. Who, no, who... And it's Jaimon Hansu from Amistad and like the dime, Gladiator and Guardians of the Galaxy. But what was that? Blood Diamond, wasn't he in that? Yeah, he's too? in Blood Diamond too. So anyway, he's the bouncer for this club they're trying to get into. And for some reason, he lets um, they let Brenda, Brenda in, in but, but not no one else with her penciled in fake ID, and they don't let Kelly or Don in. So she walks in and she meets who? Rex Manning. If you guys are Empire Records fans, you know who that is. That's right. Um, so 
shout out to Empire fucking records. It's incredible. Anyway, um, she lies and says also, she's in college. Cliche. That guy's name is Max Caulfield, the okay. actor. So she meets him and she pretends she's in college and yeah. he's, uh, I think he's already, he's out of college. He's, he's a, a practicing lawyer. lawyer. He's a lawyer. Yeah, so he's like probably 26, 27, and she's 16. Which is gross. Yeah. Um, so just like that, we are on to part two because we didn't know this was happening. And then um, they've Brian, already changed the opening credits. We should have done this again. We yeah, well, two, two music beds in the same show is too yeah, much. So Brandon's driving around on the back of uh, Marianne's motorcycle i guess it's her dad's motorcycle and at some point like they're doing these like passes through the hollywood hills and uh i guess you know he's on the back he's riding bitch on the back and she says oh why don't you drive and then they just switch and then he knows how to ride a motorcycle yeah all of a sudden and she's like feeling him up from behind and then they end up in a hot tub drinking champagne hey (laughs) she's like Let's take off all our clothes. Whoa. Whoa. Wait a second. Wait a second. that sweet what? sex. What's wrong? So this is where they set up, I think. Sex on my phone. And you, you keep me honest because I didn't watch the show. I think this is where they set up the fact that he's like the moral compass of the show. Yeah, he is. And we find out again that she's poor little rich girl, blah, blah, blah. My parents have so much goddamn money. We're drowning in it. I don't know what to do. Oh, my God. It's like, fuck off. Um... So but you loved this show. I did, but honestly, the did first season was with this crap though. Like when you were watching it, when you were young, were you like, "Oh man, I wish I was rich like that"? Oh, come on, yes. So it was like all the cynicism. I mean, I wanted their outfits. I wanted like t- to look like them. Like I, I was like, I wanted to like emulate. Like I, yeah, yes, but not her. She sucked. She wasn't so, the main but character. As an adult, and looking at this. Do you have the same reaction or do you have like a more cynical, sarcastic well, um, reaction to it? We're talking about this aired when I was 10 versus Yeah, of 40. course, of course. So, <laughs> very different reaction for yeah. sure. I think that all of these people are idiots and it's very dated. At the time it was very like, I guess, you know, uh, they were tackling issues, I guess, at the time. Sure, um, sure. But now I look at it and I'm just like, this is so dumb and it's so dated. And like this, she's bitching about how her parents don't see her and, you know, they're gone all the time. But it's like she's having these like it's very ironic parties for her 500 high school friends. I'm like, fucking give me a break. I like, think it's really ironic that the guy that wrote this, Darren Starr, is from Potomac, Maryland. Uh, he wrote this show about his, his experience in Potomac, Maryland, which I, it, Potomac, Maryland's a pretty wealthy area. So that would actually make sense. But one of his biggest influences and one of the things he was trying to emulate was John Hughes in the whole Breakfast Club, 16 Candles kind of. With this show? Yeah. I mean, missed the mark by far. But I can kind of see the roots there where it's like the poor little rich girl that's misunderstood. And then the interloper that like stumbles into her life and makes mistakes because I mean, so the first part, like part one of the pilot episode, which is an hour long, nothing happens. It's all introduction. It's pretty boring. So when, you know, when that podcast, when that episode ends, it's like, 
on the next episode, you're like, oh, oh, okay. And then they're like, everybody's trying to have sex. And then you can tell they're trying to like up the ratings. Um, But, but the part two is where all of the conflict and drama happens. And the conflict and drama is that Brenda has met this older guy and she's lied to him that Brandon has now been in a hot tub and not hooked up with this girl, but everyone thinks he did. Yeah. Everyone thinks he did. And Um, that's the drama. Yeah. And so also Brenda at the same time is like making out with this guy who's, I don't know, 10 years her senior. And she's like, I can't do this, blah, blah. And she calls her now new BFF that she's known for 20 minutes, Kelly. And it's six o'clock in the morning and she calls Kelly. Kelly, who is that? Just a friend. What kind of friend calls in the middle of the night? She woke up Bob. Good, it's about time somebody did. That's all he does around here is sleep. Kelly, I will not have you talking to me about my life like that. Now, I thought we were mature. I let you do your thing and you let me do mine, right? Right, Mom. Good. Now, tell whoever it is you'll call him back in the morning. I like this phone ringing at 6 a.m. Okay. Also, it's the fucking morning. Right. It's that is 6 not the middle of the night. I know it's early. <laughs> But, but it is not the middle of the night. Also, mature. Mature. And here, fun fact, guys. Um, they recast that shitty actress. Uh, Kelly's mom ended up being played by the actress Anne Gillespie. I don't know who she is either. But she was from seasons one through ten. And she played her mom. They went through a whole thing. Her mom had a horrible addiction. Kelly helped her get over her addiction. Like... I watched all of that. But they recast this shitty person who was in the pilot that we never saw again. Um, so that whole thing is ridiculous. And then um, Marianne Moody, is that her last name? Did we just Marianne something? She sends Brandon flowers at school. Yeah, who does that? And then he carries them around and then strategically places them in every class, which is the ridiculous part. Like he receives them in Spanish class. And then the next scene he's in his, I guess, journalism class with Andrea and he has them positioned just perfectly. So, so that Andrea can pick one up and say she's she's allergic. Jealous Andrea. That's where we find out she's pining for Brandon. And yeah, she's very upset that he's dating Marianne. And so the third subplot, this is the C plot now is that, Ian Ziering is running around trying to figure out who wrecked his car. Um, and he's uh, offering 50 bucks for any information so he can kick this guy's ass. And he literally walks up to the dude that drove him home and says, 50 bucks, help me figure him out. I'll, I'll even let you help me kick his ass. And he's wearing super duper pleated shorts and they're beautiful. So uh, I'm going to have some thoughts about this since I've never watched the show. Um, in a minute, but I'll, I'll, I'll get to the, we'll, we'll push towards the end here of describing the episode. So, mm-hmm. um, Brenda, her, her plot here is that she's trying to be an adult and like hang out with these adults and she's doing things like this to practice. Hi, I'm Brenda. Hi, I'm Brenda. Hi, my name is Brenda Walsh. I hate my name. So she's like, Hi. Try- 
she's trying to practice being an adult. She's ready to go out. She's wearing like a black mini dress. She's also, there's a lot of scenes where she's putting on eyeliner and it gives me legit anxiety because I feel like she's going to poke her fucking eyeball out. Well, especially because one of them's like an inch and a half higher than the other one. So it's like, hey, mom, this is Beverly Hills. Can't I have some friends without getting the third degree? Home by 10. 10.30. That's always the negotiation. She claims she's going to McDonald's, by the way. She's wearing the world's shortest mini dress in that uh, scene and uh, heels. It's like, yeah, because every 16-year-old. Because her mom says, oh, those are my heels. Yeah, and it's like, um, I'm sorry. If I would have been dressed like that at 16 to leave the house, my parents, I just had a bunch of holes in my face and I shaved my head. (laughs) So, well, yeah. There we go. Um, and then, so she goes out to this awkward date with a 20, maybe 27-year-old man and his two friends, and they have this conversation. So sick of people asking you that all the time. Wait, why did that start all weird? Here, let me try that again. They had this conversation. So, Brenda, what's your major? Oh, you must get so sick of people asking you that all the time. What is it, anyway? Astronomy. Penises. Wow. Astronomy. Tell us she was a brain, Jason. Well, I flunked astronomy. I had no idea you were majoring in astronomy. Because so I met you 20 math. minutes ago. Astronomy, that's the first thing that jumps. You could have said social studies. I don't know what I would have said. Literature. I would have history, said um, walls. Walls. Architecture. I don't know. Okay, anyway. Astronomy is so- the thing you're going to get called on, I feel like. They're having like this wine and he's acting like he's all fucking like cultured and shit. And also, it's like, give me a break. He's still kids, like 22. The kids on the show are all underage, all of them drinking everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. They're drinking alone. They're drinking at parties. They're drinking out with adults, drinking everywhere, which is, if you think about it, it's kind of revolutionary for television standards. Yeah. I mean, but I guess there were no rules. There were rules. They just broke them. Uh, wow, this is so boring. It is. It, it oh, the show's not very good. No, but Neither so let's wrap podcast. it up. Yeah, let's wrap it up. So there's a couple of plots. They got to wrap them up. One, Brandon um, has given everyone the impression by not denying it that he hooked up with this girl. So he goes on the the co- the. It's not a college. It's a high school radio station. West Beverly Radio. To confess that he didn't hook up with her. And then he wins her favor back a little bit. Yes. Um, He also then follows Andrea home for some reason. I don't know why. He sees her going for the bus and he's like, what is she up to? And then he follows her home and he finds out she's a poor. Yeah. And so she says, Brandon, this isn't a game to me. I am not rich like you. If anybody finds out where I live, they will kick me out of West Beverly High so fast. My my head will spin. spin. Well, how come you go there if you live here? school in the city that's why why should i be deprived of a good education just because i am geographically undesirable geographically undesirable wow those are strong words andrea so we're we're laying down the social issues here she i mean we see her riding home this is why she knows spanish so she rides home on the bus and she practices her spanish with all of the people on the bus speaking spanish which is kind of a cute little story Mm -hmm. not mad at that um but whatever, not very compelling. They tried to, com- they, they compress so many different things, so many plot lines and storylines into this episode. Yeah, they're really hammering it in. And um, so finally, Shannon Doherty has to confess. 
And so she goes out on a date with Max Caulfield, who we would also know as Rax Manning. And she tells him. But she first asks him. She says, do you think I could tell you anything? And he says, I'm unshockable. And then she proceeds to shock him by saying, I'm a junior at West Beverly High. What kind of a junior? A 16-year-old junior. He gets pissed. My best friend Kelly told me that if we were getting serious, I had to tell you the truth, and that if you really loved me, it wouldn't matter anyway. He's angry. Oh, is that what Kelly said? I thought you were shockproof. For what? That's the waiter. Maybe you should check her ID. Or is that fake, too? Or is that fake, also, too? Also, I'm sorry. If you really loved me, they met, like, 20 minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, Not good writing. And then, um, I don't know. Brenda's wearing a lot of jackets with brooches. She gets driven home, right? I mean, he drives her home and he's like, he's doing that thing where like his jaw muscles are popping in because he's so angry. Because that's like acting, apparently. Yeah, whatever, acting. Um, But she goes home. Everything's fine. Her, her, and her and her brother have a little discussion mm-hmm. at the end of the episode, um, and and he's like, "Did you hook up?" and 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 she's like, mm, "I'm not. I'm going to tell you when you're older." And he's like, "I'm three minutes older," or some dumb thing like that. But they finish the episode out with a little bit of this. Brandon, are we going to make it here? Well, the houses are bigger, the weather is warmer, and the tan lines are outstanding, but doesn't mean they've cracked the meaning of life. You know what I mean? No, yeah, I mean. No. Deep thoughts, Brandon. Deep thoughts. So, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to be completely honest. I think that this pilot was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Mm. And see, it's funny, because looking back and I watched it and I was like, God, this is garbage. But I watched this series. You did not watch it. So... The pilot oftentimes sucks, and in this case, I think it sucked. But I liked the show. The show obviously got off the rails after, like, season three or four. It got just so fucking dumb. Well, But, like, the first couple of seasons were really fun and really, like, something you'd never seen before. Um, But I think the pilot was actually really bad going back and watching it. So I think a couple of things that are funny. One, Dylan is not in the pilot, and I feel like he's— Probably pretty critical to he's the show. He's a major, major character, yeah. So he's not in the pilot. He shows in episode two, uh, which if you're watching on Hulu will be episode three. Uh, he had a six-episode arc. Um, he was not planned to be a long-term character, but he made the show a little bit darker, which is kind of where they ended up driving the show. Also, uh, Luke Perry, rest in peace. Yeah, Luke Perry, rest in peace. Uh, a couple of things here. Um, at the start of filming, Shannon Doherty was 19, Jenny Garth was 18, Tori Spelling was 17, Jason so Priestley was 20. Not that far off. Okay. Luke Perry was 23. Wow. And he was supposed to be 16. Yeah. Brian Austin Green was 17, but Ian Ziering was 26. Jesus. And then Gabrielle Carter. 34. Carter. Carter. Yeah. That is easier than it looked. Carteris is 29. Yeah. She was the oldest. Yeah. And she was um, supposed to be 16. Yeah. 
Like, come well, on. and so here's here's some like weird behind Hollywood stuff is she later became I think she became president either of the chapter or of all of SAG-AFTRA, which is the Screen Actors Guild and the American Federation of Television and whatever. Um, but the, the TV and um, Screen Actors Guild and one of her biggest things, one of her biggest platforms that she ran on was introducing a law into California state legislature that would allow actors to have their ages removed from websites because she's, she feels like uh, age discrimination is a big deal. I mean, sure, but you also shouldn't be playing a 16 year old when you're 29. I'm sorry. She didn't look. So the only, I and this is the weird thing for me is that Brian Austin green looks like a toddler. He looked really, really young. So I feel like within the context of a show, if everybody's around a certain age, it's believable. And then when you have an outlier above or below, in the case of Ian Ziering and Andrea and then Brian Austin Green, it looks weird. But I think Brian Austin Green is 100% believable as a freshman. Because he's young. He looks scrawny and small. So I don't know. I I thought that was actually kind of a good touch. Um the original show was intended to focus fully on the family dynamics. And I feel like there's like big similarities with my so-called life. Obviously. I could um, see that. They didn't get into the parents so much in the pilot, but they definitely do later on in the episodes. But they trended that down when they realized it was all about the teen drama. And yeah. eventually they completely wrote the parents out of this, this series entirely. I think around episode five, they were gone. No, no. It's like five or six. They were nope. gone. No, if you go and look. James, I watched the show. They, they didn't, didn't make write, it through the whole they thing. They didn't write them out. No. Her parents were in there for like through like season four. They just didn't have as many well, that's parts. What I, that's exactly what I just said. Like around episode five or... No, it's not episode, sorry. Yeah. It's just season, like, what? Sorry, yeah. season. Season five or six, they wrote them out, basically. And the actors were like, I don't really want to come back for this bullshit. And by the way, these kids are now like 22 they don't need their parents anymore in their lives. Mm-hmm. This is exciting stuff, guys. So there is one weird theory here. Um, so the show did terrible in its first season. It was 118 out of all the shows that were on the air. It got it got absolutely destroyed by Cheers because it was opposite Cheers. Um, but they did an interesting thing at Fox where they decided as they went into summer, instead of running reruns, they they played new episodes. New. So that's when they started picking up big, um, big, not subscribers, what do you call them? Viewers, big ratings because everything else was a rerun. Also, the show was on during the Gulf War. Yeah. And so during the Gulf War, all of the other networks started pulling programming to go to live news. Fox had no news department. Mm-hmm. So they kept running the show. You picked up more viewers that way. Um, West Beverly Hills High doesn't exist. Beverly Hills High is a thing, but they would not consent to using their name in the show. So that didn't happen. Um, some notable spinoffs. Melrose Place. Melrose Place. Models Inc. Models Inc. 90210, the also, reboot. The Heights. Did you do The Heights? I don't think The Heights was actually a spinoff. Yes, it was. Not according to Wikipedia. Mm, yeah. It was Aaron Spelling, but I don't think it was a spinoff. 
90210 Somebody reboot. get Alex Wires on the horn. And then Melrose <laughs> Place Reboot, both with different casts. And then BH90210. Butthole 90210. <laughs> which was the reboot with the original cast. BH. Also for fun, just watch the unauthorized Beverly Hills 90210 show on Lifetime. That's a fun one. It's not, but... Some notable guest stars that happened throughout the seasons. Would you like to go through them? I don't remember them. Casper Van Dien. I don't know who that is. He's from Starship Troopers. Mm. So he was on the show. Dean Kane from Superman. Oh, he dated Brenda. Uh, Michelle Phillips from The Mamas and the Papas. Oh, why was she on there? It was probably like a music thing. Who knows? Hold on for one more day. No, the older one. The one from the original (laughs) Mamas and the Papas. Uh, Not Wilson Phillips. Yes. Um, Rebecca Gayhart. Yes, Noxima. Yep. She dated Dylan. Uh, Debbie Gibson. I don't know why she was on there. Matthew Perry. Don't know. He was on three years before um, Friends. He appeared as Roger on 90210, a rich kid with suicide issues. Well. In season one. Yeah. Lucy Liu. Wow, I don't remember her being on She worked at the Peach Pit. Oh, I don't remember that at all. Uh, Vivica A. Fox, Denise Richards, Peter Krause, who is the dad on Parenthood, the brother of, what's her name? If you if I showed you a picture of him, you'd be like, oh, that guy. Adam? I can't remember right now. Married to uh, yeah. Lauren Graham? No. Then I don't know. Lauren Graham's brother. Okay, anyway, let's keep going. Jessica Alba. I don't remember half these people being on there. Hillary Swank. I remember her being on there. She had she was technically cast for two seasons, was was fired in her in her first season. I think she dated Steve. Yeah, it was some sort of a thing. David Arquette. He played abusive rocker Diesel Stone. Wow. Yeah. Christina Aguilera. What? Aaron Paul from Breaking Breaking Bad. Eva Longoria. And Seth Green. Jesus. I didn't, what did Christina Aguilera play? She probably was herself. Oh, like you know what? In. I bet she was... She's like doing some sort of cameo. She yeah, had, I bet it was like, like when I'm she first came out. Pit. Yeah. Was the Peach Pit like a club? What was it? It became a club later on. It was like a diner and then it became like a music club. Yeah, because that's normal. I know. It was um, a diner slash music club in the back. Uh... Douglas Emerson. So you were trying to tell me about this guy. So Douglas Emerson, he plays Scott Scanlon. He, I think he's the little kid that's uh, hanging out with uh, Brian Austin Green, right? Oh, yeah. He ends up committing suicide in the first season. So I don't... The, the things that I was seeing, your, your memory is either correct or the notes are wrong. But it seemed like he was killed off in the second season, but he asked to be removed from the show. He quit acting entirely and joined the Air Force. Well, he killed himself in the, like, they wrote him off because he committed suicide. Well, this, this said Matthew Perry was the guy that killed himself, but I don't know. Maybe two people did. Uh, maybe. But no, um, his friend Scott killed himself. I remember it very vividly because I was like, wow, this is like, it was a defining moment. Big deal. Yeah, because you had never seen that before. 
So, um, obviously Shannon Doherty was a huge problem on the show. Everybody knows about that. We don't need to talk about it, but they eventually fired her. And so she was finally replaced. I wish she would have gotten the clip where she says, I hate you both. Never talk to me again. <laughs> she was finally replaced by, uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen, Amber Thiessen right? But before they gave her the role, they offered and its role, right? They, they just needed a star. They offered it to Drew Barrymore, who turned it down, Alyssa Milano, who turned it down, and Alicia Silverstone, who turned it down. Wow. Tiffany Amber was like, give me that role. Give me that money. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, you definitely hear that Shannon Doherty was really difficult, and I don't think she made too many friends on set, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel bad because she's not doing too good these days. I think she's got, she's, her she's cancer is back cancer. and she's bad, got a lot right? of shit going on. Yeah. yeah, we don't, we, we like having fun. We don't want people to feel bad about themselves and experience bad things and trauma. That's no good. Nope. And this is so, the worst episode we've ever done. No, it's fine. Now's the time when we head into... This is... I don't have one. I don't have one. The Gutenberg Report. Oh, my God. With I don't Bites. have an update. I don't have... I have nothing. I don't have anything. I... I one... One thing I guess I could say is that I wonder what he's doing these days because holy moly's over and he maybe doesn't have a job. So, hey, Steve Gutenberg, if you need a job, give us a call. We'd always welcome a third mic. Yeah. This was a Gutenberg report with Gretchen Barnes. So what did we learn? Um, I'll tell you what I learned. I thought this show was going to be 100% awful. I thought it was actually a little bit tiny, tiny bit charming. I think if we're going back to our original premise of our podcast, and I'm a, I'm a fake studio executive and I'm trying to decide if this is a show for me, I would have totally put this on the air. In its early version, it's unformed. It doesn't know what it wants to be. But there's some stuff there. There's some charm there. And I'll be like, yeah, let's see where this goes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, you? Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. I agree. I think so too. Yeah, I think I would also. I think I would pick it up, and I think it's got. I think it was good, and um, I. <laughs> so the show has no, no Dylan. And, you know, this episode sucks. So I think we can just close it out now because it's already, what, an hour, an hour, an hour? Who's, you better edit a lot of this shit out because it is not fun or funny. We already only only have four fans and we're probably down to one. We got to go. We'll see you later. Folks, you know that thing where you're like, how does a sink get made? And then you realize it's from listening to this podcast. You're all saints because this was terrible. It's horrible. Beverly Hills 90210 was produced by Propaganda Films, 90210 Productions, 
Torrent Productions and Spelling Television for Fox Networks. You can watch it on Hulu and everything else. Call us on 323 Net Info to tell us what to watch next. Join our mailing list at oozepilotingthispodcast.com and you can follow us on Twitter or the Instagrams or whatever else. Anyway around it, you're a really good friend just for being there for us. Just like I'm sure Donna has many good friends who are always there for her. Good luck, guys. Be good to each other. Don't get the vid.